Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. It is so good to see you, and I'm glad that you're here. We're continuing our series today that we started called Don't Be Fooled, and we're talking about forgiveness, and so I want to go ahead and kick this off by asking a question and see if you agree with me. Would you agree with me that uh, when everything is going well in our relationships, we feel pretty good about life? Would you agree with that? I mean, like, it's amazing to me how everything can be going all right in school, are on your job, you can have, you know, the bills can be paid, you can have money in the bank, but if there's tension in relationships, you know, like maybe if you're not getting along with your parents, or you're not getting along with your child, or, or, or a husband and wife not getting along, or maybe you got a, a situation on your job with somebody, it's amazing how it can make us feel sort of unhappy, right? can feel that tension. And so we understand that re- relationships are the number one most important things uh, in this life. And so today I want to uh, talk to you about this forgiveness uh, issue, but I want to start with a guy in the Bible that you may not know. His name is Joseph. I want to tell you about this guy. Joseph was a, a, a young man. He was, uh, matter of fact, he was born with, uh, he had 11 brothers, and he was one of the younger brothers. And Joseph was sort of the, the, the dad's favorite. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know about you, but I wasn't my parents' favorite. I can just tell you that. How many of you were the last child, the baby of the family? Let me see. Okay, we don't like you. I just want to tell you right now. No. I'm just kidding somewhat. <laughs> but anyway, so, so Joseph was one of those. And guess what? Joseph, because, you know, his dad made him this special little coat he wore. And, and you know, he just had that favor on him. And his brothers didn't like it because Joseph got very arrogant. And he began to tell his brother, he'd become so full of pride, he would tell his brother stories like this, that, hey, I had a dream, and, and one day, you guys are going to be bowing down to me. And, and so, I mean, like it was constant, he was saying stuff about dreams, and, and, and how that he was going to be so great, and so his brother sort of got tired of that. And so they invited, when Joseph was 17, they invited him on a hunting trip. So they all took off, took him hunting, and... Uh, you know, told the dad, hey, we're all going to go hunting there. We're going to go get some game and so forth. And so once they got him out, so far out away from their dad, they decided they're going to kill him. Said, we're getting rid of you, buddy. Uh, you know, you little arrogant cuss. I mean, that's sort of the way, you know, brother and sister talk to each other, right? And so anyway, they decided they'd just throw him in this big hole and, you know, put him down in the big hole and they just let him die right there. Well, that sort of got on his older brother's nerves a little bit and said, well, we can't just let him die. And so they got him back out of the hole. And on the way, while they were getting him out of the hole, a band of uh, gypsies were going into Egypt. And so they stopped him and said, hey, you guys want to buy a brother? I ain't kidding. You want to buy a brother? And sure enough, they sold him. He's 17 years. They sold him as a slave. Now, can you imagine having brothers and sisters like that? Now, there was some, listen, in my family, we, we got into it, but we never got that far, you know? 
Well, they sold him into slavery. He sold him, and sure enough, Joseph was taken into Egypt, put up on the auction block, and he was purchased by one of the uh, sort of governors of Egypt named Potiphar. And uh, he began to work in his house, and, and Joseph begins, you know, I'm going to show him, begins to get back up on his feet, and, you know, he's still angry about all that's going on, but he's serving and, and doing well, and, and Potiphar likes it. But the only problem is that this guy Potiphar had a wife, and her name was Potiphar. Not really, that's what we call her. But anyway, she must have been really hot or whatever, because she was constantly trying to seduce Joseph into having sexual activity with her. And he refused to do that. And finally, one time when she was, uh, you know, trying to really pull him to herself, he had a coat on and, and she grabbed it and he, Joseph's arms went back and she pulled his coat and Joseph took off running. And as he took off running, uh, she got mad, very mad, because he would not uh, consent with her. So she took that coat to her husband and when he got home from his trip and said, your servant tried to rape me. So then it made Potiphar really mad. And needless to say, he had Joseph thrown into prison. And prison in Joseph's day was not with a color television. It was very hard labor. And so for the next 12 years, Joseph, again, you can see from his brothers abandoning him, selling him, betraying him, this lady lying on him. How would you like to be serving a prison sentence for something that did not happen at all? And that's exactly what was happening with Joseph. 12 years in prison, he's serving. And so you can see that Joseph has a lot of, unforg- a lot of bitterness within, within him, right? Just like many of you sitting here today. I don't know who it was, but there's some stuff inside of you that's killing you, eating you up. And so today we want to talk about how to get that out so you get better. Because bitterness is like poison. You know, hatred is like poison. It's actually... You know, when you're, it's, it's like when you drink poison and you're hoping it hurts somebody else. That's what it's like having inside of you. And so let's jump into the outline. So what I want to talk to you about today is how to forgive others. And, and the first thing I want to share with you that I'd like for you to write down is this. Is Number one is this, is remember how much God has forgiven me. Remember how much God has forgiven me. As we go on into the story, we're going to find out that Joseph now is in prison. So look what it says in the Bible. Genesis 39, it says this. Joseph's master took him and put him in prison. But while Joseph was there in prison, let's read what's underlined. You ready? Come on. The Lord was with him. He's shown his kindness and granted him what? Favor. Notice that God granted him favor while he was in prison in the eyes of the prison warden. Now, this is what I want to tell you. The favor of God, some people think, you know, when you're going through something bad, that God's favor is not with you. What I want you to know is that the favor of God was with Joseph when he was going through prison, the pain of prison. You see that? So just because you're going through something doesn't mean that God's not with you and the favor of God's not with you, right? Okay, you got to understand that because sometimes I'm going through some stuff and I'm like, where are you, God? But the favor of God is still with me. You remember what the Bible just said? God gave Joseph favor in the eyes of the prison guard. In other words, God's given you favor in the middle of your stuff right now. You just don't even know it. It would be worse, but God's favor's on you. Okay, I'll just move on from that. That's for me, I guess. But anyways, so Joseph, here's what happened. While Joseph was in prison, even though he was locked up and confined in prison, 
God set him free. You know why? Because when you're, when you're down, you begin to do a little self-evaluation, right? When, when, you, when, you're, when you feel like you can't do anything, you're constrained, you begin to ask yourself all kinds of questions about what's going inside of me. And while Joseph was in prison, God freed him from pride. God freed him from arrogancy. God freed him from all of that. And Joseph received the forgiveness of God and got rid of his pride in prison. Prison will take the pride right out of you. You believe that? That's right. And whatever you're going through will do that as well. And so look what the Bible says this. In Matthew uh, 6 and 12, Jesus says this in the Lord's Prayer. Let's read what's underlined. You ready? Come on, let's read. Forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sinned against us. So this is what Joseph found out. Okay, and this is what you need to know. Only forgiven people can forgive people. Only forgiven people can forgive people. And I just want to stop right here. Listen, that's why you need the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. And you need him to be the Lord and Savior of your life. Because the first stop on forgiving others, and, and listen, release, being released from the prison that you're in, is saying, Jesus, I need you to be the, my Savior. Forgive me of my sins. And so... I know that every week, I know that's the starting point, so every week I put it inside of your program, there's a prayer right there that you can read, and that you can make the decision today, Lord, I want you to forgive me, and you just read that prayer and say, God, this is me, and God will hear you today, and he'll save you, and he'll forgive you, and you can walk out of here a free man or woman today, in Jesus Christ. So when you do that, I just want you to check the back of this card, it says, I'm praying the prayer to become a Christ follower, so we can pray for you, Okay? All right, number two, would you write this down? The second thing is this, is release the people who hurt me. I, I, this is what I've been waiting to tell you all day, this part right here. Because, right, are you ready? Because some of you are about to get free. You're, you're about to get free. You're going to release some people, and you're going to walk out of here free today. I believe, I've been praying for you all week. I've been praying for you the morning, at night. Prayed for you last night, prayed for you this morning, because it's going to be free. So here it is, on the, look what the Bible says, the verse, verse 41, going back to Joseph. Now Joseph, let me, oh, let me say this. Now Joseph has spent 12 years in jail, now he's 30 years old, and the, and the leader of Egypt is called a Pharaoh, okay? So the, the leader, of, and the Egypt is the most powerful nation in the world at this time. Joseph actually has, uh, the, oh, let me back up, the Pharaoh... The leader of Egypt has had a dream, and nobody can tell him what it means. And Joseph is called on, and Joseph goes in and tells the guy what his dream means. And the dream was basically this. There's going to be seven years of the plenty, uh, but after that seven years, there's going, to be a seven, there's going to be a famine all over the earth. And so Joseph told him that, and as soon as he told him that, the Pharaoh pulled him out of prison and placed him in the palace made him the vice president of the most powerful nation in the whole world. So here he is, and one day he went from a prisoner to living in the palace, having all the benefits of the palace. Vice president. So look what it says right here. It says, Joseph named his firstborn Manassas and said, it is because God has made me, let's read what's on the line, you ready? Come on. Forget all my troubles and all my father's household. Okay, let me just explain this. Joseph forgetting did not mean that he forgot he had a daddy and a mama. It didn't make him forget that he had brothers. 
It didn't make him forget that, you know, they had been things that happened in their life. And so what Joseph is teaching us is this right here, is that this, is that forgiveness is not forgetting. Forgiveness is not forgetting. Watch this. If you could forget it, you would not need to forgive it. Right? If I could, if I could forget what people have done to me, I wouldn't have to forgive them. Hey, I wouldn't ever think about it again. It's because I think about it again that I have to choose to forgive. Are you tracking with me? Okay, so, so, so many people come to me and say, Pastor Jeff, I, I want to forgive him, but I just can't forget it. Well, neither can I. You're never going to forget it, so you, you have to learn to move on with it. So here's how we do that. Let me just give you this uh, statement right here. Look what it says on the screen. Forgiving doesn't mean forgetting. Okay, now read this last part with me. It's so crucial. You ready? Come on. It means I can remember the past without the, without the pain. That's what Joseph did. Joseph said, you know what? I forgot the pain of how my brothers have done. I, I, I moved past the pain, and I moved past the pain of my family. He said, of all the dysfunction of my family, I have moved past that. And that's exactly what we won't believe God's going to help you do today, is begin to move past the pain. That you can have the memory of your past without, without having, having the pain of the past. Okay, so how do we do it? There's three ways I want to give you this. Ready? Three ways. Letter A is this. Letter A is share my hurt with a person I trust. Share my hurt with a person I trust. I talked a lot about this last week, so if you missed it, uh, go online and listen to it last week. But what I would say is this, I'll just say this and we'll move on, is remember this. Why do you got to do it? You got you to get it out before you can get over it. And so we say this, that revealing my feelings is the beginning of healing. What I reveal, then God can heal. But keeping it to myself and bottled up and not wanting anybody to know, it just keeps you in prison. And so I'm just saying, share it with somebody else. Letter B is this. Would you write this down? Letter B is let go of the desire to get even. Oh, boy. We got we to park right here a minute. Okay, just go ahead and put it in park, all right? We're out of drive now. We're putting it in park. Okay, it, we're sitting there looking now. All right. What I want to say to you about this is Proverbs 24 and 29 says it pretty clearly. He says, don't say, I'll do to them what they want, did to me. Let's read the rest of it. Ready? I'll get even with them. Okay. If we're going to let it go and let go of the getting even, the first thing, the first attitude that we have to let go of is the attitude is, the attitude of, you hit me, I'm going to hit you back. Okay, I want to see if you'll be honest today. When I was coming, when I was raised, I remember my grandparents and my parents telling me, if anybody hits you, you hit them back. Did anybody else come up with that kind of saying? They're like, okay, yeah, you're more honest than the other service. I want to thank you. The rest of you, you got your halos. Okay, I don't know. Let's look at me. I'm a pastor. I'm a man. That I've, I love God. I've read the Bible the majority of my adult life. I've been a Christian for over 30, almost 35 years. When my kids were born and they started coming up, guess what I taught them? Somebody hits you, you hit them. No, I said this. If somebody bites you in that church nursery, you bite them back. <laughs> There's too much truth in that, isn't there? Get them back. <laughs> Maybe I didn't quite say that. But anyways, 
what I'm telling you is that attitude is deep within me and just reading the Bible and praying did not get that out of me. God had to do a deeper work because I could justify that, right? Here's another one. You ready for this? Are you ready? Now listen, you know how when somebody gets in your space like right here and they're talking right here and you don't like it? I'm going to slide up in there. All right, you ready? Here it comes. The other one is this, is you have to get rid of the attitude of having to have the last word. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Woo! Just got to have the last word. You know, I got to win this argument. Okay, you ready? I'm going to get a little closer now. You ready? Here it comes. You have to get rid of the, of wanting to see the person that hurt you get hurt. Okay, let me explain it to you this way. Some of you are nice people in this room. You're very nice people. You're not jerks like me. You're nice people. And so you would never want the last word. And you would never say, oh, yeah, you hit me. I'm going to hit you back. You, oh, you would never. You're too sweet for that. But this is what's going on in your little mind. Is that every time you see that person, you say, well, I hope their kid failed at that sport. <laughs> oh, yes, you are. You say, oh, yeah, I hope you get fired on your job. I hope they repo your car. Oh, you ain't saying that. Oh, you ain't. You just seem so sweet. You think everybody else thinks you got angel wings on, but no, inside of you, it's happening. And so, as long as you've got that going on, you're never gonna get free. You have to let it go. Now, watch this. The thing that happens most in our lives is that we get around people that we're close to, and, and unfortunately. The people that hurt us the most are the ones that were supposed to love us the most. And I want to tell you that you have to learn to forgive the people in your family. I told you about Ron and I going to counseling and we'd been married 18 years. Look at, if you would have looked at us, you would have said, man, what, you would have told your spouse, why can't we be like Jeff and Rhonda? They never argue. You know, if you would have asked my kids, how's it in your home? My kids would say, my mom and dad, don't, they, don't fight, they don't fuss and fight. I've never heard them yell at each other. They hadn't. But what they couldn't see, what was on the inside of us, is that after 18 years of marriage and, and, and she doing what I don't like and me doing what she don't like, that 18 years, we had some resentment that was built up. And so we wanted this close relationship, but there was something between us. There was something wrong. We couldn't figure out what it was. And I'll tell you what that something was. It's called resentment. And over year, over time, it has a way of building up in relationships that seem to be the closest. And so we had to, we had to deal with that. So look on the screen. I want to share this with you. Would you read this with me? Come on. Let's read it out loud. You ready? Come on. My resentment steals my contentment. And Rhonda and I could never be fully content with each other as long as we had resentment between us of, of, toward each other. And here's what I want to tell you. Watch this. We have to forgive. Here's why. Because it's impossible for you and I to fully love someone else when we have resentment towards someone else. What I'm telling you is this. You will never fully love your wife as long as you have resentment toward your parents. You'll never fully love your children. You'll never fully love them as long as you have resentment toward your spouse. 
You say, why is that, Pastor Jeff? I'll tell you why. Because you have a divided heart. See, you've got to give your whole heart to somebody, right? You want to give your whole heart to your children. You want to give your whole heart to your spouse. But as long as you're hating on everybody else, you've you got a divided heart, and you can't give your whole heart to anybody. So they don't really know the real you. So until you get over this, until you let go of it, until you do something like that, then you're never going to be the person that you want to be, and you're never going to love them like you want to, and they deserve it. We've got to let it go. We've got to let it go. Now I want to say this one other thing. No, two other things. The first one is this. Listen. You have to forgive your parents. Those of you that don't have children yet, I hope that God will bless you with them and you can screw their lives up like we did ours. Are you, are you hearing me? Listen, everybody has to... There is no such thing as perfect parents. Your parents are going to make mistakes. Your parents made mistakes. My parents made mistakes. Ron and I made mistakes. All God's children, all God's parents make mistakes. I only know one perfect parent, and that was God himself, and his two kids are screwed up. Adam and Eve, they just screwed up. Matter of fact, if they hadn't, been, if they hadn't screwed up, we wouldn't be here today having all these problems. And I don't see God up in heaven going, oh, my God, I, I must have been a bad daddy. I don't know. Oh, I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. They just messed up. Why do we? And you are doing, some of you have got to let it go. Listen, they're going to be all right. They will be all right. You just got to quit beating yourself up. Here's the second thing I want to tell you. Is that forgiveness only, listen, only God can forgive instantly. I don't know about you. Have you ever said, okay, I'm going to forgive this person. And then like two seconds later, you think about what they did to you. And you're like, heck no. You don't, you don't, I mean, you ever get there? I mean, like you say, no, I'm on God. You say, forgive them. I'm going to forgive them. Lord, you say, pray for my enemy. I'm going to pray for him, Lord. Oh, I'm going to pray for him, God. I'm going to pray. Lord, help him. But when you're praying for them, Lord, help them, you ain't meaning it. You're not meaning that, are you? I mean, from there, come on, fear. Oh, look, a bunch of angels. You're looking at me. Well, yeah, I do. No, you don't. I want to tell you something. There was someone that hurt me years ago. It took me four years. I would pray for him every day because the Lord said, remember what he said? He says, in the Lord's prayer, forgive me as I forgive those who sin against me. Four years, I'd call this person's name out, and I would say, God, bless them. But for four years, I didn't mean it. And I told God, I said, God, I'm, t- I'm doing what you say to do, but Lord, you know my heart. You know, God, you know, I'm praying, I'm saying these words, God, but you know what's in my heart. And Lord, I'm sorry for what's in my heart, but God, that's the, I, I'm trying. But I'm going to tell you something. After praying for him for almost four years, God finally, it was, I remember, there was this couple days that I started praying, and I can remember I didn't have that little steam there anymore. And then I could say, you know, I was saying, God bless them because I was told to. You know what? Finally, I meant it. Finally, I was like, God, no, God, no, God, really bless them. Really, just bless them, Lord. And now I can see those people and that person, and you know what? Shake their hand. How are you doing? Man, I, I hope you're doing well. Awesome. So it doesn't take Rhonda and I. You know, all of that stuff, it was revealed. 
But listen, I wish we could say, okay, when we left that counselor's office, you know what? We realized we had all this resentment, and we just said, okay, Rhonda, will you forgive me? Oh, yeah, Jeff, I'll forgive you. It'll be great. Yes, it'll be great. Let's go up to the sunset. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just the way it is. It, was like, it wasn't like that. And I was like, what are you saying there about me? What are you saying about me? And it just started right there. It got worse before it got better. But I'll tell you what. Once it was revealed, it could be healed. And we began to get better. Now, that was, you know, we've been married 30 years. And so, you know, it's taken all these other years to begin healing. And so where we are right now, we've been on the journey of healing for all this time. So I want to bring you hope, but I just want to be, I'm going to be real today that you, you just can't say, well, I forgive someone and, and, you're, and like your, your relationship just be 100% right now. No, it's a journey starting that direction. Does that make sense to you? Okay. All right. Okay. The letter C is this. Letter C is change the channel. If you're going to let it go, you've got to change the channel. Let go of the desire to get even. Look what the Bible says in Colossians 3 and 13. It says, make allowance for each other's faults and forgive who? Okay, that covers everybody, right? Forgive anyone who offends you. Why? Look at this. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must what? Why does God want you to forgive others? Because when you forgive them, when you decide I'm going to let it go, it sets you free. Remember, forgiveness is not forgetting, but it's, it's actually letting go of the pain. You don't have to have the pain of the past. You don't have the pain of the past. So how do you, how do you change the channel? This is one of my favorite things I had to learn. This is what helped me get over and, and give forgiveness. Is that when I started remembering the pain of the past that that person done to me or, or whatever happened, I was trying to forgive, but I'd find this thought coming back and I'd still find that dagger, you know, like, oh. And here's what God showed me, this verse, was that every time, if I would allow that pain that come up in my life, if I would allow that to remind me to praise God, it would change my life. So this is what happened. Instead of remembering what someone done to me, I began to let that trigger what God has done for me. Did you see that? Every time that pain come up and I have that memory, automatically I would train myself to say, oh no, this is time to thank God. And so when that pain of the past come up, I would all of a sudden let that pain turn into a praise. Instead of remembering what they have done to me, it would trigger the thought of what God has done for me. So every, this is what it sounded like to me. So all of a sudden, you know, I don't know where I'm at, but this thought comes up of my past and what that person done to me. And, and, and all of a sudden that, that pain starts to come up. I go, oh no, God, I just want to stop right now and say, you saved me, oh God. If I die right now, I'm going to go in heaven and be with you. Lord, you are giving me breath right now. I thank you that that is life from you. Lord, you have given me a strength in my body. And you've given me the ability to walk and to see and to talk. You have been so good to me, oh God. You have blessed me with a, a beautiful wife, oh Lord, and two wonderful children, God. You have blessed me with a home to live in, a car to drive, a job, oh God. You have been good to me. Lord, I am too blessed right now to think about that mess, oh God. You have blessed me. Amen? Now, when you, let, when you let your pain trigger praise to God, that pain will go away, it'll go away, go away real quickly. 
You know why? Because the enemy of your soul wants you pinned to your past, and if he can keep you pinned to your past, he'll keep you in prison the rest of your life, and you're not going to be worth a whole lot, much more than you are right now. But the way you break those, those chains is you begin to let your pain produce praise in you, and that chain will get broken, baby, because he don't want you praising God, so he'll have to move on to something else. And you can move up to a new level. That's all right. I know I'm preaching good. So I wrote that down for you on your outline. It's on the back of your outline. I wrote that down. I hope you'll take it and use it. Now, here's what I ask you to do. The next step. This is so critical because what I'm about to tell you is spiritual warfare, and I want to pray for you. So on the back of your connection card, it says, I will make the choice to release the person who hurt me. In other words, I don't want to get even anymore. I'm going to let go. I want to get even. I'm going to let go of the, you know what, I'm getting the last word. I'm going to let go of that secret stuff of wanting them to fail. I'm, sure, I'm making the choice right now. Does that mean that it automatically you're never going to have those feelings again? No. But what it does is you're making a decision today. And I'm going to pray, we're going to pray for you this week that God will help you and do for you what he's done for me so many times. It's help you let it go. And when you let it go, you're free. It's not about them. It's about you. Okay, number three, would you write this down? Number three is realize God is at work even in the bad times. I got to take you up to speed again in our story with Joseph. So Joseph's become second in command. He has led this, uh, he's led the, uh, Egypt over seven years. They've harvested this huge crop. They've stored it all up. And now during the next half of the seven years of famine, the world is starving, but Egypt is not. And so people are having to come all over the world to get food from Egypt. They're the only place that's got it. And guess who has to come? Joseph's family. Here they come, knocking on the door. And see, they're coming in. They think Joseph is dead, right? I mean, like, hey, or they sold him as a slave. They have, they have no idea. And so they come into the room where Joseph's at, and they don't recognize him, but Joseph recognizes them. And at this time, you know, he could say, he, because he's been in the prison, see, he was in the prison, and God set him free. Now, here they are, they're coming up, and look what the Bible says, look what it says. In Genesis 50, it says, Joseph looked at his brother and says this, you intended to harm me. Why did he say that? Because that's what they intended to do. And also, when they realized that it was Joseph, they messed up their pants. Uh-oh. Your sins will find you out. Okay. So Joseph said, you intended to harm me, but look. But who? But who? But God intended it for what? For good. To, to accomplish what is now being done. And let's read the rest of it. Ready? Come on. The saving of many lives. Now, here's what my friend Homer Hall taught me. He said this. He said, sometimes we have to endure the pain of the prison." so that we can be prepared for the prosperity of the palace. So in other words, Joseph was saying, what you've done to, you thought you had done something, you meant it for my evil, but because I serve a good God who has his favor on my life and who, who has saved me, then I was able to get rid of all the poisonous pride that I had and the bitterness I had, and today I'm able to forgive you, and God has used me to save all these people. There's another verse in the Bible I want to point you to. God, I love this. Romans 8, 28. It's one of my favorite verses. Look what it says. It says, and we know that in what? 
all things, whatever, listen, whatever mess you're in right now, whatever mess you're in right now, in all things, let's read what's underlined out loud. You ready? Come on. God works for the, the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Now, let me just say this. Not everything in your life happens is good, just like in Joseph's life. And there's some stuff in your life that we're not going to be able to explain till we get to heaven. There's some, things that ha- there's some bad things that happen to good people that I can't tell you why they've happened, and I'm not even going to try to, but when we get to heaven, then we'll understand it. It's our eternal good. But this is what I want you to know. Not everything in your life that happens is good. So what does God do? See, anybody can take good and make bad out of it. But only God can take bad and make good out of it. Did you see that? So right now, what's going on in your life, maybe it seems to be bad right now. But God takes that and he uses that and he blends it together with the good, for, the, for the good process. Now, let me just explain it again this way. I love Krispy Kreme donuts. Hallelujah. I love them. Matter of fact, I can go up to Stockbridge where they have the Krispy Kreme place at, and I, I just stand with it on the window like this as, as a conveyor belt is going by. I'm, you know, they got all the conveyor belt and the workers right there, but not me. I'm up against the window going. Just amazes me. But what I discovered is, is that making Krispy Kreme donuts that I love so much is they put, they just have flour. And, and, and they drop flour in there. And flour by itself is no good. Would you agree with that? You ever, you ever tasted flour? It's like, ugh. No good. Then they take salt and they put the salt in there, you know? And salt by itself is no good. And then they take these egg yolks. Now listen, I know that some people say they got to drink their egg milks, yolks to help them be muscle men or muscle ladies or something. I want to tell you something. That ain't for me, bro. I'm telling you, I, I, uh-uh. Now we'll be throwing up with that. And they take these gross egg yolks and drop them right in there. And then they, 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 they take the sugar and they put it in there. And what they, they got a blender in, and it's just taking all those bad things, all the, by themselves, all them things are bad. But when they drop them in there together, and they begin to stir them up, and there's a big pot that just stirs just like this. It does it. Remember, I'm like this watching. It stirs just like, stirring it up, stirring it up, stirring it up. It's stirring it up. I get to, I get to rocking with it. Come on, rockin', stir that up. And then it comes out of that batter, and it goes in this thing, and it just rolls it out, and it punches a hole in it, and it comes out as a little donut, but it's a little white donut. All that batter, it's, no, it's still like raw. He gets on that conveyor belt, tick, 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 like you're riding a screen machine. Tick, 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 here it goes up through there. And it, then it'll, it'll flop over, and it hits the grease. Hallelujah for the grease. The grease by itself is no good. But when that donut hits the hallelujah, the grease hits in there, and it turns it brown. And then it don't just stay on one side. No, it hits another tool, and it just flips that donut right over, and it gets grease on that side. Hallelujah for the grease. I'm watching. Oh, look at that. And then it doesn't stop there, but they give that ba- they give that dough a shower. And it goes down, tick, 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 go down. And all of a sudden the showers happen right. And this white stuff just comes out. And it just glazes that baby right in there. And that, that donut, oh, oh yes. It's so, it's so good. And then it comes out and the hot side's on. Then I run around to the corner. I want that one right there. That one. And it, oh, yes. You're about to die for a donut right now, aren't you? Watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. 
What I want to tell you is this. One ingredient in your life is no good. But God Almighty today is taking that stuff that you're going through right now and He's working it. He's working it. And you don't, right now it may not feel good. But I'm telling you, God ain't done yet. And you don't give up on God because you may be in a prison right now, but God is working. What you cannot see, He's working. And He's working. And He's working it out, baby, to your good. Come on, stand with me. God is working it out. He's working it to your good. God is, listen to this, Pastor Dave. God is at work. God is at work. God is at work. God is at work. He's going to move the mountain. God is at work. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net and click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.